So again, welcome to Sports Plus Show with Baker, Big D, and Joe. Morning, gentlemen. Morning, Morning. sir. How are we doing today? Oh, I forgot to mention, too, we've got a request from a previous guest, Nolan, to to, uh, return. So we'll have him Uh, in the next month or so. Otto? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was tremendous. So, And he likes to talk about sports. Can you believe it? Yeah, we we do that every once in a while on this show. I don't know. My son really gave me a hard time. He said, you know, it's like a sports show, and it was like, 40 minutes before you started talking about sports, which is, you know, the reality of the modern world. It's kind of like music where all genres are kind of blend close to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think what it is, is the three of us just want to talk about what's been occupying our minds the most that week. And it rarely lately has been sports. I mean, there are, you know, ways in which significant things are touching sport, the sports world. But I think, I think it's, I, I think it just sort of evolved from the, the, what the three of us are, are look to get out in this hour. Mm. At least that's well, the way I think it is. All right. right. So let me start though. I know you have something to do, Joe, but let me just throw this one out quick. Um, so here's what I'm dreaming of. Um, a one game playoff, Chris sale versus Garrett Cole. <laughs> that's it the way be, it's lined up. That's the way it's lined up right now. Well, it won't be cold because he'll probably be suspended for doctoring the ball or something. So. No, <laughs> no. He's been he's been really he's he's been pretty solid since coming back and and all that. Yeah, you know it's funny. They, they pitchers seem to have bad bad stretches. You know, yeah. like the Red Sox, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, really good young pitcher, and he's been pretty horrible for. But now he's got his act together. Avaldi's got his act together, and Sale, even though he's only going five or six innings, is really looking good. So all of a sudden, the Red Sox have a chance to have good pitching. Yeah, 162 games is a lot, and six months is a long season. So you're There's not going to 25 see- games left. Yeah, but you're not going to keep whatever level of of performance you have going at the beginning of the year is not which you know no one keeps that up for six months. We see this all the time where players hit. 35 home runs in the first half of the season and 15 in the second half or four or whatever. Yeah. 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 Now the, um, the other thing, so, you know, for, if you're not a regular listener to the show, there's shame on you. First of all, (laughs) two Yankees fans here. And then one lone Homer. I grew up in Massachusetts. I root for all Massachusetts teams. Um, except I also like the giants (laughs) because when I was a kid, I was the only a football team we could watch it was before the Patriots. Um, but uh, it's, um, you know, the uh, pickup of the Red Sox by of Kyle Schwaber, he had to sit for a couple of weeks while Rizzo and uh, Gallo were banging away for the Yankees. But now he's, he's hitting and uh, he's hitting really well. So he's, he really did. It was a good uh, pickup by them by the Red Sox. Yeah, I, I think you wish the Red Sox did a little bit more, but, um, you know, they didn't, so I'm, I'm cool with it. And this is, a, I think a lot of this, this is just Daryl talking himself into something here. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not quite with you on the resurgent Red Sox thing here. Hey, I am dreaming. I, I, I'll comment quickly, Daryl, on your or your dream. Like, I, I, I get it, and, and that would be great. Garrett Cole versus Chris Sale in a one game playoff, you know, my stand, I, 
I don't like it, but I, you, Hey, you don't want to be in that right. one game, win exactly. more games. I wonder though. And, and so here's my question to that. Who, so Chris sale and Garrett Cole go in that one game playoff, which team would be still in, in what team would be in better shape if they win? Meaning that ace probably is only pitching once in the next round. Which team is in better shape when they make the actual And playoffs? again, uh, being such an impartial source, right now, the Red Sox would be because um, Rodriguez and Navaldi are pitching really well. For the Yanks, I'm not sure is Jordan Montgomery who's who else is pitching really well. They for just won 13 games in a row, so everybody. But, but then and then turned around and lost. Yeah, but again, it's a row. it's a really long season. But what I'm saying is they've got they've obviously got enough pitching to win 13 games in a row. So again, I think you know you can talk yourself yeah. in and out of a lot of things here, Daryl. But. All right. So, Joe, what did you want to bring up? So, I just wanted to go back to something we were talking about last week. And, Matt, you had mentioned that you were sort of of the mind that – and tell me if I'm I'm wrong on this – that the people that aren't vaccinated, that's their problem, right? They're the ones who are getting sick. They're the ones who are dying. I'm vaccinated. I took care of myself. That's that's their problem. Would that be – Basically. I mean, yeah. I just think – at this point, if you're not vaccinated for whatever reason, that you you've made that choice. It's no longer I'm still waiting for I'm waiting for my appointment. I'm waiting for supply. You know, like you're you're we're past that. If it was your choice, it's right? Been, but, it's been but, your choice. But the problem is that choice is no longer just harming those people. There are there's barely an ICU bed anywhere in the country. So people are dying because they can't get treatment for a a chronic condition, you know, or, or, you know, an accident or an incident because the ICU beds are full of people who refuse to get vaccinated. And that's, you know, it's, it's, it's not to mention the, the financial cost of it, the, the health cost to people who cannot get the care they need. And, you know, there's, I've been putting off, a back surgery for a year and a half now because I don't want to be in the hospital with this thing around. I don't want to, there's, there's barely a bed for me in, in any of the hospitals in town. And it's not even that bad here. You know, the COVID situation isn't even that bad here. So that's, that's where I, you know, I think there's still a, those whatever 20%, 25% are still a giant problem for the rest of us. No, that, that, that you're 100% right on that. That is fair. Um, you know, I, I, it's like I, I've said before, personally, I, I don't know why you wouldn't at this point get the vaccine, I, but you know, I, I, it, if, if it's been your choice, it's. Well, it's, it's just an act of political stubbornness now, I think. And it's the same people who are, I can, people are giving themselves horse dewormer. <laughs> I mean, what the hell is going on in this country? Right well, now? they ran out of the bleach they were oh drinking, my God. so they had to they had to try something else. But listen, the um, Red Sox right now are really dumb and are not vaccinated, and they have like nine players out. 
They're doing it with marriage. They they called up minor leaguers. They're they're a mess. Well, it cost them. It probably cost Cam Newton his job. And so I was actually when, interesting. Well, because you hear, and well, I've heard you this. Think so? I've heard this this quote a dozen times this week. The best ability is availability. And if and you know the same thing. I don't want to talk about fantasy football because it's silly and the only, no one cares about your fantasy football team except you. But we just had <laughs> my. I just did a public league, did a draft yesterday, and Lamar Jackson was there. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Stop a second. Did you just say you don't really want to talk about fantasy football? And now you're going to tell us about your fantasy. 30, football I know where he's going with 30, this. Thirty seconds. Okay. Keep Thirty going. seconds. Lamar Jackson right. was there in whatever sixth or seventh round. I didn't take him because he's not vaccinated, and he's probably going to be eligible to play six times this year. So yeah. There's, well, you know, it, that's that's coming into you could see it coming into the, some of these decisions that teams made last week to get to. Absolutely. Right? And interesting, like there's a lot I have that written down. There's a lot that we can discuss about this. And I, for specifically, though, Lamar Jackson, I wonder because he just had COVID. I wonder if that will make him more available, because technically when you have it, I mean, does he have you're no longer that close contact because you have the the natural, for lack of, you have the antibody. So essentially, right. you are you're vaccinated for a short period of time. So I don't I don't know that for a fact if he is still considered close contact or not. But two interesting things happened this week with regard to co um, the vaccine and and Urban Meyer with the Jacksonville Jaguars making the statement that. Yes, players' vaccine statuses did play a part on who was cut and who was kept. When when all things were equal and, and you're splitting hairs, he did look at the vaccine. He got in trouble for that. The, the league and the team um, came out and said that it did not play a part, that he misspoke. And then you have Cam Newton. And I when I'm wrong, I admit it. I'm wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, don't don't I remember uh, one of you at least saying that Cam Newton was going to be the starter this year. So, yeah. but Belichick was saying that. I'm right half, along. I'm going to I'm going to say I'm half wrong here, and here's why. <laughs> I, I did say that Cam Newton was going to be the starter because I wasn't thinking the vaccine side of it. I just thought Cam Newton was more trustworthy because Bill Belichick wants to know what he can get. And then now, you know, he had to, he had the misunderstanding. Um, he's unvaccinated. And if he were to become positive, now he's putting his entire quarterback room in jeopardy. So his team, I, his team. I think, and, and Bill Belichick is a lot smarter than Urban Meyer because he would never say this publicly, but I have to, I have to imagine it, do, it did play a part, his vaccine status. And because you don't, you, you, it, Cam Newton is extremely unreliable to be your starting quarterback. And you're better off saying, Mac Jones, go. I, you can't keep Cam Newton as your backup because Mac Jones will struggle. And when he struggles, Patriot fans are going to say, we should have put in Cam. You can't do that. You're going to ruin the kid. So... It, it, it was just, look, I can't trust that you're going to be there every week because you're because of COVID and you're on, you're not vaccinated. So you're gone. 
Well, I know you're you're part you're pretty much right in the sense that um, uh, the reason that Mac, Mac Jones has been exceeding expectations, he's been. Uh, but but the big point is because Cam was out, he got all the first team reps. So he's he's being seen in a way I I was did not think that Mac Jones would see the field much at all um, unless Newton bombed it because Belichick doesn't tend to play rookies. However, what he does do is that when he believes in a player, like if you go back to Bledsoe and Brady, Bledsoe was, I think that I read that he had a hundred million contract, which 25 years ago must've been a pretty significant contract. Um, and he was healthy and ready to go back, and he stuck with uh, Brady. Bledsoe was and, one of uh, the five best quarterbacks in the league at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of a shock. So I think it's amazing. Um, Matt and I had a little coaching experience. He did much better than I. I was like pathetic. I was up there in the um, booth. You were the eyes in the sky for us. I was supposed to watch the linemen. I couldn't take my eyes off the quarterback or the halfback. It was like I was worthless. I couldn't untrain my eyes. So (laughs) coaching's hard. That's funny. You know, I've been a, I feel like I've been a coach since I was about two because my dad was always, I've been watching film with my dad, you know, well, that's what Belichick did, right? As as a kid, he was watching. Film. Yeah, and I was just always around, you know, either my my uncle's teams. I was like the unofficial manager for the high school team when I was a kid, and was always hanging around camp or practice or games with my dad. And so I think it's funny because I when I watch a game, I watch I watch it like a coach, and I get frustrated because they're not showing me the giant wide film shot where I can see all 22 players at once, and I can't. I don't have the clicker in my hand where I can't run the film back. But I mean, honestly, from the time I could stand up, I was changing. You know, my dad would have their their Sunday meetings in at the house. We'd have all the coaches over to watch the film, and I would be changing the the thing, changing the reels in the dark for him. So, yeah. <laughs> so but do you guys think like? Urban Meyer and Bill Belichick. Urban Meyer is going to have a tough time being a coach in the NFL. This is like screw up number five for him already. But wait a minute. But if you look at Urban Meyer's track record, he's been successful everywhere. In college. In college. Where he's unchecked. In college. Yeah. Where where he can do whatever he wants, where he can, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but where he can recruit and and sign – future murderers and if you look and, at his and, if you look at his his moving patterns he's doesn't not the most he's not the guy who sticks around for 25 years either mm-hmm. he, he, he's so i just think he his attention to detail in, in in florida at ohio state you make a mistake you sweep it under the rug and nobody's mm-hmm. going to call you out here in the nfl look at everything like nothing's been huge nothing's been groundbreaking he hasn't really committed it's just been little stupid things and like this you know making a comment that yeah if if you were unvaccinated i probably looked at you on our cut list and and you little things like that um where he would it would normally be swept under the rug kept quiet so i don't know if urban meyer is meant for the nfl for those sort of things but are you guys okay with him publicly admitting that i think uh, he he didn't the the only the only people that weren't really were the NFLPA and then the 
the team had to sort of, you know, had to sort of, you know, you don't want to get fined or, or, you know, get, get punished in some way, which they very well could have been. But I think it's, it's definitely, I think he just said what everyone else said out loud, what everyone else is doing. I mean, there's not a, a staff mm-hmm. in the, in the league that didn't take that into account. Like you said, even if it's just a, okay, is it this guy or this guy, all things, all other things are equal. They both can play the same two positions to the same ability. Well, this guy's going to be around for 17 games. This guy's going to be around for 10. So, and I think, you know, it was funny because I didn't take what you guys said about Cam Newton. I didn't take that into account that, that, you know, one of the reasons he got cut was back, not being vaccinated, well, but it makes sense because this year, they're not going to – last year they postponed games. They played them a few days right, later. Right. This year it's going to be forfeits. Well, and I didn't mean to say that that was the reason Cam got cut. It was – Belichick's – No, not, but, uh, but it was a factor. I there? know, but Belichick's not going to do that unless that's going to be – unless he had already made the primary fo- – the decision to cut him was to cut him as a second-team quarterback. The decision to make him the second-team quarterback was a football decision that he made, I'm sure, independently of his vaccination status. And – Matt, now, do you think anybody's going to pick up? Oh, Cam? hell yeah. Two questions. Oh, hell yeah. Is anybody going to pick him up? But wait a minute. And will he agree to be a backup? He'll have to be. He'll have but to. But will be. he agree to that? Sure. I, if it's a, if his choices are so that, sure. if his choices are that and not play. Yeah. Because the thing is, quarterbacks get hurt a lot in the NFL. Backups play in the NFL. I think that's I think that's the thing. I, I just think Cam Newton is going to try to wait until somebody gets hurt, which I don't, oh, is, you know so what I mean? Go into I think he's, he's going to, he's just like, Hey, I'm in football shape. Um, let me sit around until a starter goes down and then I'll get signed off the street. The problem with that is I, I think he'd be better off picking what team he wants to go on as the backup and learn that offense in case he has to play. Cause he's going to struggle if he has, he's such a unique skill set he's not i think he's going to have a hard time being a backup in somebody else's system unless he has a a, you know and he's not going to have a grasp of the offense if he signed in off the street so i don't know i kind of think his career is done Oh, I, I, I think you're I wrong. Agree, I, Joe. I, I, no, I uh, think so. I don't uh, think he's willing to be a backup. Well, you guys, I, were, I could, I, I could obviously be totally wrong. Yeah, you guys were wrong about Cam Newton last week. You're wrong about him again this week. He'll, he'll be a backup. He'll believe me. These guys don't want to. He's going to hang on three years longer than he should as somebody's backup, as a clipboard holder. But and I think, you know, Matt, I think. I think it's easier to jump in to systems now. I think things have standardized a little bit enough across the league where at least most teams use the same terminology. So I, I think, you know, as far as like the the movements on the field may be vastly different, but I think at least I think it's it's come to the point in the NFL and in, in Division One college too where and I think part of that has been intentional to make it easier to move from program to program where there's a lot of things that it used to be there were 30, you know, when there were 30 teams, there were 30 different systems. Now there are, you know, four different main offenses. And, you know, in those underneath those trees, there's maybe two or three different ways of doing things. But 
as far as each team being an entirely new learning learning experience, I think some of that can be shortcut right now. And you're right. If he get if he gets on a roster now and can go to meetings and can go to practice and can watch things happen, yeah, he'll be in better shape when he has to take the field. But I, you know, the 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 other point I think you both made was the the risk of him quote contaminating your quarterback room and then all of a sudden all three of your quarterbacks are on some suspended list you know or some ineligible list for three weeks and you got to start your punter so i think you know that the risk i think i'd be more concerned if i were a team about to sign him i'd be more concerned about that risk than anything else either of you guys just mentioned i I just think look all right he if if Joe, if you think the, his him getting cut was more of his vaccine status, and but the football decision was he was the backup. He lost his starting job to a rookie. Yeah, but so, he, this is a pretty this is a pretty good rookie. I'm 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 he's a rookie. More, who's I'm most excited about. It. I agree, but he's before because Newton missed so much. He's been with the number ones and the number twos. And he's done well. He's done great. Well, and a rookie quarterback doesn't mean what it did five years ago or three years ago. No, I, I get that. What, what I'm just saying is I think I, we're, I'm projecting out, and, and things can change, which would change my opinion. But I, I think he probably, you know, within the first three weeks of the season, there's going to be some starter who goes down, you know, like a, a Dak Prescott type of Injury, season-ending injury early in the season. Cam goes on to that team. If he has a weak understanding of the offense, he's going to struggle. So now you take all these things into account. He missed, look at his last few years. He's unable to stay healthy. He misses an entire year in Carolina. He's He, he doesn't get picked up. He gets picked up by the Patriots. He looks okay for two weeks. He gets COVID. He looks awful. Now he's back. He's, he has an understanding. He has an offseason with the Patriots, and he loses his job to a rookie. Now, if he gets picked up by a team and he's struggling to grasp the offense again, he's, he's not going to look sharp. He's not going to look good. You're, you're, you, now he's nothing but a career backup. Your career is over. I just don't see him being a, 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 um, even a bridge starter in the NFL. I, I think his career is over. Unfortunately, he had a good run, MVP, Super Bowl appearance. He's had a good run, but his career is over. Well, because you, know? you, when you say career is over, you mean he's not going to be a starter anymore. Yeah, that, that's I, what I mean. I, I mean, he's, he's, I'm not, I don't know if he's going to retire and not, but his career is, his is over. He, but do you think he would take a uh, bench position on some team? Yeah, I think he absolutely is going to, and he, that's what he's going to have to do. I think. Yeah, I'm, and, so, but, I'm not but so to sure me, about that. To me, the words "career is over" means you've retired and you're not going right. to be on a roster right. anymore. Career, okay. you know, your no, your, I, your time, his time as a starter is over, probably. Yeah, and that, that I mean, that's always been his career. That's what. Yes, so fair. Right. I don't. Do right. I think he's going to retire? No, I think he's going to wait for an injury. He's going to try to play. He's going to look bad this year. He's not going to know the offense. And then if he doesn't retire, he's going to be a backup. I think your days of seeing Cam Newton play football are, are over. See, I think, I think somebody with a, with a younger but established quarterback 
you could use him. You know, there's, there's plenty of teams that need quarterbacks now. And, you know, like we were all saying, in, in five or six weeks, there's going to be six injuries. So the, there'll be a spot for him soon enough. And he'll be, he'll be on the field. He'll, so let's, let's do this. What's the, what's the over-under on how many games Cam Newton plays this season? <laughs> five. I was going to say six. Yeah, I, that's probably. See, that to me is not career over. If you're playing six games in the right, NFL, right. you got a career. Well, yeah. Right. No, you know but, so I mean, but, but we're talking about, like I said, we're talking about somebody who's an MVP, Super Bowl appearance, transcendent type of, like, Cam Newton. Oh, you know, Matt Matt doesn't understand this, Daryl, because he's still on the, the other side of the hill. No, man, once you get past a certain point, you know you know you're on the way down. That you just you just resign yourself to it. That doesn't upset us old people as much. I don't think Cam Newton's there yet, though. I think Cam Newton I don't agree with you, Matt. He's his passing is terrible. His passing is terrible. When he's healthy, he's missing short screen passes. He's so don't really know. I mean, the thing is, though, but, but to, when to, he was to healthy, back, no, he. There's a reason why Christian McCaffrey. No, 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 no. Right lived. now, right now. Oh, right now. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I don't absolutely. think Cam Newton believes that of himself. I think Cam Newton still thinks he can be and should be a starting quarterback at a very high level. He's how old he's, do you? How old do you think Cam Newton is? Isn't he early? He's 30s? younger than me. Thirty-four, thirty-five. I, I would have said thirty-six. He's thirty-two. So yeah. I, you know he does, he and has, he's a, you know he's such a good athlete. He's a great runner. So he so, thinks he can yeah. still play. I just I just don't think he's going to. Well, it's interesting, you know, because um, again, so this is the I think the wonderful thing about our show is we basically have three generations, not totally cleanly, but and so I go way back. I actually saw the last season of Willie May's career in which he unfortunately went to the Mets. And I think they made the World Series or something. And he just made some unbelievably bad plays. You know, the greatest player in baseball history, pretty much. And it was so sad to see him miss fly balls. And it was just, you know, it was a little bit like Cassius Clay. It was a little bit Muhammad Ali. It was, a little, you know, when you stay too long, it's bad. And I wonder, you know, I think it's just really hard in sports and probably in other things too, is to say, okay, it's over. I'm, I need to but stop. But he's 32. So it shouldn't be over. Yeah, but maybe, maybe, you know, like, well, but I think it's different for everybody. There's not many Brady's that hang around and are still good in their forties. There are, just aren't many. I think we're also maybe underestimating the impact of him having COVID. Let's give him a season after he's had a chance to actually recover. Let's give him a season. But apparently he wasn't performing well enough to win the job from, Matt said, a rookie. He lost his job to a rookie. He lost his job. He he lost his job to a very good rookie. I'm excited about uh, the the two lower lower in the first round picks, uh, Jones and Fields, than I am, I think, about any any of the other. Although – Where did Fields go to? Chicago. Chicago. They have a quarterback for the first time in in eons. Who, Andy Dalton? <laughs> no, I, but I think with Cam Newton, Cam Newton is an old 32. You know, he, yes. if you yes. look at his style, I mean, he would probably has a career life expectancy closer to a running back than a quarterback. Um, 
you know, every, every game he, he had eight to, to 12 designed runs for him. Right. And he's sitting in the pocket, taking those blindside hits, you know? So I think his life expectancy is closer to that of a running back. So if you look at how long the running backs play in the league, 32 is a pretty good career for a running back. Right. Yeah. And, he's, uh, he's got a thousand, he's over a th- almost 1100 rushing attempts in his career. You know, so that's he, a lot. I, I, I guess, right. Right. like, and Daryl, you're right. Nobody knows when to, to call it quits. That's the hardest decision for a, a high level athlete to call. Daryl, you just admitted you, you were hanging on a year too long. I did. I, I definitely right? did. I mean, yeah. yeah, definitely you know, so, did. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 Cam Newton is great. I think he's done a lot for the league. I think he's done a lot for. He's a nice person. Oh yeah, I have his yeah, teammates yeah. really like him. I just, I, I think his, what we know of a Cam Newton career is over. I think so too. Yeah. Um. So what about what about the Jets? <laughs> well, America's favorite team. Well, what about the Jets? Well, it's funny. Um. Tony Romo, who, you know, everyone knows is a pretty sharp, you know, analyst said he, he was, he was comparing um, Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson to some, some fairly legendary names last week. And I don't, I don't know if I necessarily believe necessarily believe yeah. that because he said the same thing about Sam Darnold three years ago. And, but the problem is we don't, and you know, this is the jets effect, right? We don't know. We really don't know how good Sam Darnold is because he was in a terrible system that may be turning around with Salah. We'll, we'll see. But I mean, I'm so used to hearing these like optimistic, you know, interludes from jet fans. Oh, this is year. We got this guy. We got that guy. We got this guy. And it never works out. So I'll, we'll, let's check back you in. Had, let's you check, had name check, it. check you back had name in. And that was just a few years ago. Yeah. That was before I was, <laughs> but, before I was born. So born, right. let's, not, um, not to, let's, let's, let's check back in around week six. How about that? Not to yeah. add more to the hype train, Joe, but I, I will say Chris Sims, who has been very successful calling out quarterbacks for success before the draft said, take away what team people go to because that can ruin somebody. Chris Sims did say that Zach Wilson would be, would have the best career. He was going to be the best quarterback out of this draft class. That was a very talented draft class. And You're right. I mean, I think we're, we're, we have the Sam Darnold taste in our mouth a little bit, but I mean, he's not looking like a hall of famer in Carolina, but he's from things that I've read is he's been okay. Um, so it could have been, you know, Sam Darnold was an Adam Gase failure and, uh, you know, Zach Wilson as a giant fan, I'm nervous because well, give us the Giants' uh, optimistic outlook this year. There is none. Every day, <laughs> I was very optimistic. I, as I always am, I always am. My brother. This is like I, a true. Wait a minute. This is like a true. This is like me saying uh, the Red Sox season is over. Uh, you know, you you love the Giants. I'm always. My brother we're and I have been honest, talking. We're honest men, Daryl. We're honest men. I, I've I've been 
nothing but optimistic all off season for the Giants. Every day of this preseason, I've become less and less optimistic. Um, you know, uh, their offensive line is pretty bad. The, what I, I am optimistic about Saquon Barkley coming back. I hope he stays healthy and I hope he can be dominant. I'm, I'm, I love that guy. I'm rooting for him. I think he's a, a stand-up dude. Um, so, so am I. I drafted him on my fantasy team. That's two. That's two. Uh, wait, wait, that's two mentions of fantasy when you said it wasn't worth mentioning. I'll get a third. I'll get a third one in. Do you do? I need to. I need to mention Duke. Then come on, Daryl. You've known me for ten years. You know I'm a hypocrite. You know that <laughs> about here. me. Same here. Um, but you know what, Matt? I think you were. I remember we were working together the year that they drafted uh, Jones as mm-hmm. a quarterback. And you were really upset with that because he got drafted too high, I think. And, but the, so my question is, is he, is there still a chance for him to turn into a quarterback? I mean, that to, in my opinion, to answer that question, yes, I still, when you draft a guy six and you take him, you have a, another late round, first round pick and, and like you, I know there's it's not a science projecting how people's NFL careers will fall into place, but you have all the experts saying this is a round where he should be drafted. Here are his comparables. And you reach on a guy, you reach on a quarterback at six. That's the type of player that should be able to make up for team deficits. That's the type of player that like a Russell Wilson who he could be on a bad offensive line, but overcome that. Uh, prior to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson doesn't have a lot of all-star wide receivers, yet he puts up numbers. He overcomes other people's shortcomings. He was in Super Bowls. Daniel right. Jones is, can he be an NFL quarterback? Yes. But he's going to be your game manager. Daniel Jones is going to have to be on a really good, well-rounded team for him to really excel. And that's not a type of player you take at six. (laughs) And you could say the same thing about Zach Wilson and the Jets. And I don't think they have the team around him to succeed. But Not this year, but I think in the future. I I think – who they, that lineman um, that they picked up, you know, like they made – they're making investments – for 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 um, Zach Wilson to be successful, I, the Giants taking Cardarius Tony in the first round like that doesn't that's he's a gadget player guy that doesn't make Daniel Jones better that doesn't make their team better. You draft an offensive lineman, Andrew Thomas last year is the worst. You had your pick of the litter at offensive tackle, Dave Gettleman, and you pick Andrew Thomas, who's the worst out of all of them. You could have had Makai Becton. You could have had. Um, uh, who's the uh, um, Worfs, Tristan Worfs in, in Tampa Bay, you know, so I, I'm, I'm I not want to get angry, but I'm, I'm mad at the draft. You're already angry. I want to, <laughs> I, I want to just go, go back to what you said about <laughs> Jones draft position though. And if you believe in a, in a guy, you take him where you think he should be taken. Patrick Mahomes wasn't supposed to be the 10th pick when Kansas City took him. He was supposed to be the 16th, 18th, 20th pick. They took him, and because he turned into— Boy, did they know what they were doing. Well, because he worked out. But that's the thing. If Jones 
has had a better team around him, he'd have better numbers. He'd have a better, you'd have more regard for him. It's not those things. You know, I think if you believe in your, in your guy, you're going to take him because you want to be 100% sure if they had traded those two picks for the whatever to, to move down and pick up some picks later in the draft, he may not have been around. There may have been someone else who knew what they knew. So they, you, you don't do that. I mean, it's not like these teams watch two films and make their decision based on that. There was a lot of thought that went into that, that decision and the decision to do it clearly ahead of where the rest of the league may have had him pegged. But I, you know, we, like I said, we see teams do that all the time and sometimes it works out great. Justin Herbert, same thing. Justin yeah. Herbert wasn't supposed to go where he went. So, sure. San Diego's very, 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 very happy to have him. You're, you're one. I, I agree with you. If this is your guy, you take them, but you better be right. And but it's, it's, it's an inexact science. And you know, you, you have all this information, but you know, it's still, it's still tricky. You could say the same thing in baseball, you know, these minor leaguers that look like they're great and they come up and maybe they do well and maybe they don't, you know, it's really a, it's an inexact science. So if the giants go five and 12 this year, Matt, are you, you want to get rid of the GM and the quarterback? Uh, the Gettleman. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I you, you, I, you can get, get him, get rid of Gettleman now. I don't <laughs> care if they win a Super Bowl. I, I don't think he's a very good GM. I, the thing too, is like, you can't, he, 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 if, if you read some of his answers to questions he's asked and, and he's just, he comes across very untrustworthy it, he doesn't appear to have like a plan. He kind of just like, ah, oh, today we'll do this. Ah, oh, this year we'll, we'll do this. This, this guy, like, I don't think he has a plan. And um, so I like Joe judge. And, and I just, I, I think though, it, it's not, like I said, I think Daniel Jones can be a quarterback. He just needs to be on a really good team. So if they go five and 12 this year, yeah, move on from Jones. I, because he he's going to need a fresh start, and the Giants are going to need a fresh start. So. And I, I think if if you're doing that, you got to get rid of Judge too. And and I've said this before: his that sort of coaching style has a very limited shelf life in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So he's got five years tops to to be successful, and I mean NFC Championship successful, mm-hmm. not not ten and seven successful. I, I, I'm with you there. I, I do think he's got a short. Well, ten and life. seven would probably get you in the playoffs. But as long as I, I, I don't think I'm not ready to to slam the door shut on Judge yet because last year in a COVID type of year he did make, they did make improvements and seeing at least this off season, the amount of free agents and and players that want to come play with him. I'm optimistic for that aspect of it. Um, uh, and that's, and that's where he's going to suffer. And that's where Daryl 10 and seven might get him into the playoffs, but it doesn't convince players who feel like they're not being treated as professionals to well, what, stick with the team. What, what makes you think that I see if things I'm reading is he's a hard coach. He's not mistreating his players unprofessionally. He's just I'm not saying mis- mistreating, but there's there's that sort of and it's this is something that's probably, you know, again, evolving and, and getting stronger in the NFL among the players. But the idea that 
you need a coach to motivate you to to perform to your best. I think that's where a lot of coaching at the lower levels, at high school, youth level, even in, in college, is is that you're trying to. There's that sort of boot camp drill sergeant stuff that you do to get more effort out of your players. I think at this level, I would be supremely insulted if I was an NFL offensive tackle making $2 million a year and my coach felt like, felt like he had to yell at me to get me to perform to my best. So I think the, the places where players are most comfortable, uh, Seattle stands out, San Francisco, uh, the Rams, uh, Tennessee's always had this kind of culture where the players feel like their responsibility it's their responsibility to provide that. And it's the coach's responsibility to provide the intellectual side of it, the structure and the offense and the decision-making and to help with that stuff. And as far as I need to be yelled at, so I will work harder. I think at this point, it rubs the wrong way is an entirely too gentle way to put it, but it's got to be unbelievably abrasive to an NFL player to be screamed at by a coach or or be coached by a staff that thinks they have to crack the whip and drive their players hard to get them to put out an effort. And if that's the case, if you've got NFL players, if I've got an NFL player and I don't feel like he's putting out 100% effort every play in practice, every minute of practice, and every time he steps on a game field, that's an easy cut. Cuts in the NFL are easy because the money's not guaranteed. So if there's um, a, right now, can I switch sports slightly? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and it has so college. But no, no one's going to tell me I'm wrong about that. I I, I get no. your point. I, I disagree a little bit. Um, but I, I mean, I get your your point. I I don't think. I mean, things that I've read, Sterling Shepard is the one that jumps out the most. Is he's grateful that he's got Joe Judge type of style of practice where they run and and he likes that he's like i guess i feel more accountable I, it's not I, see i think you're looking at it as an insult if a coach thinks i'm not playing but it, it's human nature we all need a little push who's excited about getting up in the morning like we all need a push to get going and and he i think joe judge's style i agree with you it could be short-lived if not successful i agree but he his his intensity is to light that fire. And from any coach oh, standpoint, if any, any, no matter how you coach, no matter what your style is, no matter what your motivation style is, you, you are going to motivate your coach, uh, your players, because if, if they aren't successful, you get fired anyway. So as a coach, you're going to try to motivate your players the way you see fit. And, and there are different ways to do that. Some players want to be that yelling run. Some don't. But I think the percentage, the percentage of players, especially in the NFL, that want to be coached that way is steadily decreased over the last dozen years or so and is only going to continue to go in that direction. So I think in 20 more years, 
there won't be any more coaches like Joe Judge. They'll all be Tom Landry, Andy Reid, quiet. I, I agree, and I've said this too about the Patriots. I think it's going to be hard for Bill Belichick to be Bill Belichick without Tom Brady in that locker room. Because, well, no, Bill Belichick can can be Bill well, Belichick because he's got a two fists full, full of Super Bowl rings. So right. that, like, that's what I mean. Like, I, I understand. I, I get what you're saying, and I do think for Joe Judge as a Giant fan, if they don't have success, it, he is going to be short-lived, and it is going to be seen as a failure. But at least for right now, he still does have players wanting to play with him. You know, after – and we've talked about it too, after the Giants had that little infight – um, you know, you had players saying, hey, man, this is our team. This is how we are. We, we, we play in New Jersey. We're going to be a little grimy. I think that was it was Logan Ryan who called. He's like, we're grimy. It's what we do. So there are some of those players still around. Well, um, and I can see you liking that because you're kind of the, the old school grizzled, you know, rough and tumble guy yourself. And that's what I mean. So, like, I, I, I get it. I, I'm not. Um, you know, it, it, but you need to have results. If the Giants go three and twelve, or, or whatever, however many, what are their seventeen games? Seventeen now? games. Yeah. So you know, if they win three games, no, I'm not going to be happy about it. Um, my my first call is get rid of Gettleman. I'd like to see Joe Judge have another go at it. Um, and depending how the year plays out, I know this is a cop out. Yeah, I'm on the fence with Daniel Jones. You know, depending on how he does. You know, it, it's possible that he plays well and the team just stinks because they don't have an offensive line. Get rid of Gettleman. Give Joe Judge one more year. I'm on the fence with Daniel Jones, but I never think he will live up to his number six pick. Move on. So, I'm done. All right. So college basketball, I really like what's happening, and I think it's connected to the name image likeness. So what's happening is, say, like Howard University just got a top high school player. Memphis looks like they're going to be next year's national championship with uh, Penny Hardaway. And they, so I think that that um, uh, schools that haven't necessarily been in the top 20 have a chance now to to attract players that would use, used to only go to Duke and UNC and um, and Kentucky. So I, I think it's going to be kind of interesting. I think it's good. Uh, you know, it's going to really open, I, at least early, it looks like it's going to open up, you know, schools like Howard um, to maybe become, you know, major teams. And, also, and hopefully, go ahead, Joe. Uh, say, hopefully, piggyback, piggybacking on that, it'll get a lot more players to stay more than a year. Yes. If, yes. You, can, if you can earn yes. some real money. And, yes. and it, the, still the, the elite. Because college is fun. We all remember. Yeah. College is fun. Well, it would have been a whole lot more fun if I could have made, uh, you know, even if I made $5,000 playing football and baseball, that would have been right. great. But right. I think, you know, we're going to see – we're going to see more players and it's not going to be the elite, like the top, the top eight, 12, whatever, 16 players are still going to go one and done. And if Kentucky wants to keep doing what they're doing and playing that way, great. But there are, I think it is, it's going to level things out even more, which I mean, college basketball is already the most level sport we have probably. So I think yeah. it's, it's going to do that even more. And I, I, I this will be, this will be nice to see, you know, because a player can come to UMass and make thirty or forty thousand dollars a year. You know, you look at somebody like Derek Gordon, who's overseas making, you know, maybe a hundred thousand dollars 
a year if he could have made that easily during his his four year UMass career. You know, it would have kept him in school and kept him from, you know, again, like I said, the elite players will still want to jump right to the NBA because they're jumping right into, you know, multi-million dollar situations. But uh, yeah, and you're right. College is fun. College is where you want to be when you're 20 years old. I, I that that is exactly what I was going to say. I think the one and dones in basketball are, are going to be dwindling. You're going to make potentially more money in college to be in college. Um, and and you're and you're playing and you're a big shot. You're you're you have a lot of people that yeah, are saying, so, wow, I think you're it, great. It would even you know for development and things like that. I think a lot of players, even if you are a, a top lottery pick, I agree. I think your your big ones are still going to come out. But I I'm even optimistic that even that that number continues to dwindle and have players spread around the country in college, make their money and. Um, Join the NBA if they did, if they did, if players did the top players, the top hundred players, whatever, if they did stay in school for two or three years, it'd be much better. Honestly, you know, it's like if you root for like Matt and I go to UMass games, and if you root for UMass, you want to see them consistently good. You want to see them have players, and when they get a player. Um, you want that player to stay for three years and, you know, and mature. Well, UMass, that's the thing. UMass doesn't bring in the kind of player that's going to be ready after a freshman season. I mean, most of their, right, at least right. you know, when I was there, even the best players stayed for four years. Your caddy Lane was the only player that went to the NBA from that, that whole stretch. And he, you know, he was a four year, he was a four year UMass guy. So I think again, the, the plus he got, he got absolutely screwed in his senior year because the team couldn't go to his strength. They couldn't get the ball, let him post up. And, you know, I mean, so the fact that he went in the second round to San Antonio was like a shock because he really didn't have that good a senior year. No, but he was just such a, you, the, you can't teach, teach size. And he yeah, had, right. you know, he, he, had, he, had, this, he had an well. NBA body from the time he was 17 years old. So, and I, yeah, I was kind of disappointed that he didn't actually turn into a, a productive pro, but I mean, he, he hung on, you know, he, it's not like he was, he was in the NBA for six minutes. So we got a few minutes left. I wanted to talk a little bit about Naomi Osaka, but I don't know if we'll have time to, to address that, but how about the Mets? In the thumbs down. Oh God! You See, gotta love. Is, you gotta love it. Can I it's, give? Can I give an old person's rant? Sure. This drives me nuts because what they did was very appropriate. The fans were booing them, booing them, and they had just won a tremendous come from behind thing. And so when they're leaving the field, they went like thumbs down. Like that's not that big a deal. I'm sorry, it's not like World War Three, and we live in this world in which if you make do something slightly edgy you pay for it and you pay for it all your life i i think it's a tremendous overreaction in both directions i think yeah a player giving a thumbs down that's i mean the, the things that happened between yankee players and yankee fans in the 70s was way worse than this but i also think you're not fans aren't out of line by booing players to show your dissatisfaction. You want to show it by booing. Great. Let's let's not show it by 
running on the court and throwing soda at players and that right, sort of thing. Right. No, think, booing's part of it. But, and I think I think do you I, think it was wrong for the two players to put to do the thumbs down thing. I think it was patently obnoxious, and I think they had to know they have to understand that they're going to get a zillion pounds of backlash. And you know, and then True. they came out and made the apologetic. The team is forcing us to say this statement a couple of days later, but yeah. I just think it's funny that the Mets, I mean, the Mets are as big a joke, 1969 and 1986 aside, the Mets are the biggest joke in sports, maybe aside from the Jets right now. So I'm, uh, it's shot and fruit. Is that the word? Right. Are you picking two teams that are, you know, geographically like right next to each other? Yep. And then they it's used to sh- their they names u- rhyme. They used to share a stadium way back <laughs> when. They shared Shea Stadium. Uh, oh my God, that was I've been to Jets games. My dad and I went to a Jets Packers game in the snow, last game of the season. Wow. In Shea Stadium. That might have been the last time I was in that building. The Red Apple. Yeah, I, I don't know. I. I... I don't, Daryl. So you're saying you think it was an overreaction of the players or people getting upset no, with I the players it, for I, doing I think, it? So okay, so like I think the players were wrong. I, I guess to do the thumbs down, but it was like, you know, they had been viciously booed for several games, viciously because they were doing terrible as a team. They just had a spectacular comeback to win a game. No, that was after I, the thumbs down, though. That, that was, was the after game. the thumbs down. That was the game, game after the no, thumbs no, down. No, 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 yeah. no. The game yeah, was, was the thumbs down. No, no, no. That, oh, okay. That was well, the then, game after. I guess. I guess I, I'm. It's, it's. I should pay more attention to facts, which is like a, a weakness of me. And I'm glad you two are there and uh, to pay attention to facts. I'm. Uh, I'm strictly. Uh, the world according to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you just. You so. You so badly want to persecute the players. But so, okay, but let me make my point again then. But just that the fact that they did thumbs down, I don't think it's that big a deal. I, okay, I, good. And I don't think they should, you know, whatever. I just think that we overreact in our society now because of social media, because things going instantly to everywhere, that we overreact. I agree to that, but it's not like Lindor and Javi Baez, it's not like they were fined or suspended for it. I think it's it's as a again, and and I'm on the other end of the like. I think it is the players have a, a job and a career because of the fans. And I know it's easy to be like, well, the fans aren't going anywhere. No, no but they Joe, don't. Tell me they have a job and a career because of their ability and their dedication. It's not but because it, of the fans. No, no. There, I get, I get it. Me as a fan, I have nothing to do with the impact on the field, but. There's no product of baseball without people supporting it. There's no product. There's no sport without me being a fan, being entertained, and investing my money on on apparel, on tickets. Uh, there's no product to play. Well, ex- except you don't have to put your money in to be you you get you're part of the baseball fan fan world by watching games on TV that you are not paying a dollar for watching games on broadcast TV just by being subject to the advertising. So I think but, it's, but no, but I'm also, I, I get it, but there, there it's not, I have to pay hundreds of dollars in Comcast 
because Comcast is carrying it. That's where the money is in the TV share. I am paying. My cable bill is over $100 a month. And it right, does get paid pay, for that. But you so, would pay that same cable bill whether or not you were a baseball fan or not. Whether I know. or not you so were watching any of those baseball games. If all you watch were cooking shows and Real Housewives, you would, you, you would still be paying that same amount to, into baseball. Agreed. And so baseball is a product because we people support it. Without the support there. So if I want to boo, sorry, dude, take it. Play better, and I don't boo you. I think we have our topic topic for next week. Entitled fans. How much how much do and I agree people should be allowed to boo. And you know, that that nothing nothing that the fans were doing, you know, I'm sure there were some things being said that were out of line, but nothing, you know. But do you think the players were out of line, Joe? No, no, not at all. Not one bit. I don't either. I mean it's not like they were throwing bats in the stands or you see it as entitled fans, I see it as entitled athletes. I guess that's Uh, all right. There's there's a there's a topic for next week, folks. Tune in. Is that things usually come up? That will uh, give us some a guidance for next week. Tune, so. tune in to hear Matt and I yell at each other for an hour <laughs> next week. So thanks a lot for listening today, and we'll see you next Saturday. Have a good week.